Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 635 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Piller up in the Blue Mountains and Ottawa Senators training camp continues on day two with a legend in the building. A Hall of Fame legend in the building, Ross. And with that, we also got to see our first looks at line combinations from training camp. We'll get into all that. Plus, what does Derek Broussard have to do to make this team? All that's coming up, and it's brought to you by Bet Online. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Visit betonline.net. It's where the game starts. And now the show starts. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast. It's your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Friday, September 23rd. We are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube, where the best way you can help the show grow is to like every video by simply clicking the thumbs up and subscribe to the Locked On Senators channel. We have more great preseason content coming exclusively on YouTube on top of the five audio podcasts you are going to get each and every day until the regular season begins. I mean, we'll continue it and add the postcast as well. Pilsy, praise Alfie. Praise Alfie. The Hall of Famer is in the building. We saw the signs, Ross, when the three team names were Team Phillips, Team Neal, and Team Alfredson. Now he's in the building. It's it's just great to have him around, honestly. like I, We're still hoping there's more to this than just him being back in the building. Hopefully there's some sort of affiliation or uh, partnership or job for him with the Ottawa Senators. But hey, small steps. This is huge having him back in the building. Yeah, and no, we saw Chris Phillips was behind the bench looking like a team dad with the Tim Hortons cup. And yeah. uh, Giroux was in front of him. And I think it was Steve on Sens, but he pointed out like they played in the NHL at the same time for seven seasons. It's, it's yeah. wild to think back uh, that far, whether it's that Phillips stretched his career a little long or how long Claude Giroux has been a part of an NHL team. So excited to see Daniel Alfredson behind the Sens bench yep. in what will be a scrimmage later today. And looking at team Alfredson on the roster, Pilsy, it's just natural that the captain Brady Kachuk so happens to be in this group. So we, we made so much of a lunch they had together. Now you're <laughs> going to get to see them interact a little bit. I'm sure yep. there'll be a photo or two that comes out. So awesome to see another step in the right direction for this franchise, bringing back, the only modern day player who ha- who leads them in so many categories. I know Chris Phillips has his number up in the rafters as well, but it's the house that Daniel Alfredson built really is the CTC. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he is without debate, the greatest Ottawa center of all time. So having him just back in the fold, back in the mix is very exciting for Sens fans. Yes. Great way to start the day and take you in to a weekend that will include Sens hockey. Pilsy, we don't have the rosters just yet, but the Ottawa Senators will travel to Toronto after their practices today, and they will take on the Leafs not once, 
but twice. The first group will play at 1 p.m. Eastern and the second group at 7 p.m. in the heart of enemy territory. I'd imagine that most guys get to play. They're obviously not going to have any double double dips. So when you look at, at how many guys are in camp, 59, doing some quick math, like you're probably going to have 40-some play. Probably is 46. There any, yeah. Is there any one guy, and not a guy like like the top-end guys, who who might be like pushing to make their name known? We'll get into lines and how they are more or less set of who's going to make the NHL team. But who's someone that you're hoping really impresses right off the bat? I'll go with Eric Branstrom. Uh, this is a guy that he's on a one-way contract. He's no longer eligible to be brought up and down like he has been pretty much his whole time in Ottawa. He was not on a pairing with Nick Holden, which kind of raises some eyebrows. He was on a pairing with uh, Jacob Bernard Docker, who will likely start the year in Belleville. So that kind of gives me a sense that um, he doesn't have the inside track on being a, a bottom pair defenseman in the NHL. So he didn't have uh, Branstrom didn't have good opportunities in training camps in years past. I know uh, it, it was last year, right? Where he did he break his hand? Uh, or he no, had COVID. some sort of no COVID was the year before, right? When he was yeah. back from Switzerland, he had to like quarantine twice. Um, but didn't he I... have a hand injury last time or, or something like that? Maybe those were both in the same year. But I know he hasn't exactly had the best luck in training camp. So for for him to come in and have an opportunity to really impress here, and I'm sure he's got a chip on his shoulder, only getting a one year deal worth nine hundred thousand. Like that's. That's a sign from the Ottawa Senators, kind of where you're at. So I'd like to see him really, really impress here in this training camp and battle for that spot over Nikita Zaitsev. You were on the right track, but not the right timing. He broke his hand yeah, in November last year. So Okay. He, yeah, yeah. So he did break his hand. You got that right. But it was in November. Uh, November 13th, he was out six to eight weeks was the initial presser that came out. By the way, we have breaking news, a little signing, Ooh. but... We'll tell you about that right after uh, we finish up this initial conversation. Because for me, especially because it's Toronto, wouldn't you love to see Tyler Boucher just go and, and just run <laughs> run around a little bit and and you know get his feet under him? Maybe maybe even get a little talk with that nice shot. But I think he's a guy who you want to see get off to a great start, and, and we're hoping he does. And, and we know that he has the talent to do it. So I'm going to be watching for Tyler Boucher in whichever game he ends up playing. Uh, in Toronto. That's going to be exciting to see. You can follow along on Twitter at Send Central and on Instagram, LockedOn.Senators. Of course, we're much more active on Twitter. We'll be live tweeting as much as we can. I'm on the old 4 a.m. shift, so I actually get off in time to get home, have a bite to eat. Boom. Game's on at 1 nice. o'clock. Pilsy, what time do you work tomorrow? Uh, I'm not working tomorrow. I'm going to an engagement party. Uh, okay. Shout out Jen, Jen and Cal engagement party. So uh, I will be MIA for most of the All day. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to try. I might come on and do a little quick postcat if something notable happens. We'll see uh, We'll see what where the chips fall. But that's why you got to be subscribed to Locked On Senators channel. You'll find out when we go live after each and every episode and also once we do the live streams because those have been a hit and we, we enjoy doing them as oh, yeah. well we also want to say once we hit 4,000 subscribers on youtube we are 113 away once we hit 4,000 subscribers on youtube we will be giving away a pair of 100 level tickets to the senator's first saturday game at home of the season 
against the Arizona Coyotes, which you might say, oh, who wants to go see the Coyotes? Well, you want to see a win? And do you remember how those games went last year? They were absolute barn burners, <laughs> obviously. Both no, of these Matt, teams are, are very different. Yeah, so the outcome could be different. But I think at the very least, it's going to be a fun game. Is it going to be a great battle on the ice? Probably not, but it'll be fun. It will be. And 100-level seats? Nothing wrong with that. So That's make nice. sure you be a friend, tell a friend. Let everyone know that they can find Locked On Senators podcast on YouTube as well as their favorite podcast platform. We'd also point you in the direction on yesterday's show if you wanted to hear more about not only the excitement from day one of camp, but the more serious topic, the black cloud hanging over this organization. But we're going to leave that be for today and just point you in that direction. All right, Pilsy, why don't you hit a quick ad, and I will tell you the Senators have signed their first member of the 2022 NHL draft class. Remember last year they gave a contract to Zach Ostapchuk? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Thomas Tamara oh, has right. already signed an NHL contract. You're right. Nice that title. was so I'm, quick. My my guy, I'm not going to let that slip by. And it was interesting. Um, I'll get to the ad read right after this, but reading Scott Wheeler's article in The Athletic. And Tamara mm-hmm. was poised to stay over in Europe, but then when he was drafted by the Senators and the Kitchener Rangers took a chance on him in the import draft, um, that really put the pieces together to be like, okay, the Sens have signed you. They they believe in you. They want you playing in North America. So he came over to Kitchener. So I thought that that's that was my inclination, and uh, it turned out to be true. So that that was a good sign for sure. So we both hit a dash one there. You with the brands from hand in training camp. Me was saying the first signing happened today of this draft class. But that's why we have each other, man. Yes, pull <laughs> each other out from the mud when we have to. And now let's tell you about who the second signing was a little teaser and maybe this doesn't give away much because they drafted so many but it's another defenseman that was signed uh, to a contract pilsy tell us about our friends over at bet online well at bet online it is the trusted online sports book of the locked on podcast network and for a good reason all the latest odds totals player performance props and more are on bet online it's your number one spot for any sports bets you want it remains the best spot for sports scores podcasts and news this season guys it's not just hockey they got basketball baseball they got ufc they got boxing they got golf whatever your sport of uh gambling is you can find it on betonline.net they're gonna get you set up for success so head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action guys it's betonline.net where the game starts All right, Pilsy. Stick taps are in order for Jorian Donovan. Sends fifth round selection from the 2022 draft. He signed his entry-level deal. We got the classic photo at Pierre's desk. Ryan Bonus, assistant GM, is also in this photo. No sign of chummies probably bag skating some of the the groups out on the practice ice. Maybe the injured guys. But that's a, a nice little, you know. Way to go, kid. Let's see what you got this year. I think there's still a long path of development for Jory and Donovan. But again, they can send him down this year. They can send him down next year. And neither would burn a year of this deal. So it's basically a sign of goodwill that, hey, in a few years, like we do see you as a part of this organization. It's interesting to me that they decided to do that, though. Because like I mentioned with Thomas Amara, I think that was kind of a, a push to be like, hey, we know you're playing over in Europe, but 
we'd really like to get you over here. Whereas Donovan obviously is already playing in the OHL and is a North American guy. And, um, but Hey, that's, that's obviously we're, we're happy for the kid. And uh, it's always nice to sign your first NHL contract. Uh, That's a good feeling for sure. So good on Donovan, but this is a very surprising move. uh, As far as I'm concerned, it's something that I didn't think would happen anytime soon, but positive news nonetheless. Yeah, 136 overall in the draft. It's like, hey, um, I you you're not going to give that to, to Nordberg or you know, yeah. I thought Stanley. it was Nordberg for sure. Yeah, yeah, it just seems strange. But again, maybe it's one of those where he's impressed them at camp so far. But again, it just seems strange why you wouldn't wait till the end of training camp rather yeah. than the beginning. Yeah, Anyways. or next year or or whatever. Right? Like it's the the timing is interesting. I'm not. There's no like conspiracy theory here or anything like that. But it's just not the move I was expecting. Like I, I thought 100% it was Nordberg and they were going to try to get him over here after he's had uh, a good bump up to the Allsvenskan League. Maybe they wanted to change things. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> as, as Nordberg would say yeah, uh, maybe, himself. Maybe. Uh, Jorian Donovan had 22 points in 64 games for the Hamilton Bulldogs last year, had three points in 13 playoff games, and was, at times, a healthy scratch on a very veteran Hamilton Bulldogs team that w- made it all the way to the Memorial Cup final, where they lost to Philip Dow and the St. John Sea Dogs and that Bulldogs team was stacked. They had Mason McTavish and a few other really notable players there. Oh, yeah. So hopefully with those vets graduating this year, he can go down and really take a step in the right direction. But the Senators, they have contracts to give out. Again, it slides. It doesn't even count once he sent he's sent back down to the OHL. So I don't think it's it's gonna affect them negatively, but it is a little bit of like a oh, you didn't did you did you need to do that? Anyway. Yeah, exactly. But does that count towards their 50 contracts or no? I don't believe so. Okay. I think it does um, if he's on the roster after the day of like where the teams have to be set. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Got yeah, because Tyler Boucher was the same way when he signed and then went to, to the OHL in the middle of last year. So we'll be watching you, Jorian, especially now. We know that he will be a part of the Senators' future, inking a three-year entry-level Contract. Speaking of contracts, Pilsy, a veteran who turned 35 yesterday, Derek Broussard, is looking to make this team. And watching his about eight-minute conversation with the media yesterday, I remembered how likable of a guy Derek Broussard is. He seems like he could be a perfect 13th forward to really help this locker room. And I know you love your face-offs. This guy's always been over 50%. Yeah, I've always been a Derek Broussard fan. I I think just... Similar to other players, uh, kind of the the magnifying glass of how big he was supposed to be coming over in the Zabanajad trade. Uh, the Ottawa Senators, they didn't really have a number one center at that time. And it seemed like, okay, you're trading Zabanajad away and you still didn't get a number one center in return. Seems kind of weird, but I've always liked his play. Big game brass. He showed up in the playoffs. I, I think he's one of those guys that... He may not wow you, but he also, you don't see him doing too many, um, you know, bad mistakes or anything like that. Like he's, he's a veteran guy. He's going to keep the mood in the locker room light. He's part of the Francophone community, which which is great. I saw that uh, the other guys, uh, Joseph, Thomas Shabbat, and, and uh, Maxence Gannett, uh, they all went out with him for his birthday. So you love to see that. Uh, Supply and demand, by the way, elite restaurant. That's where they were. Elite. His, in his happy birthday, so a bonafete. Bonfette. 
Ah, I was close. <laughs> I, I was, it was right there. You put a little Espanol in it, eh? <laughs> yes, I'm also fluent in Spanish, so that's where that all mixes together there. <laughs> the Labrigade guys are going to have a, a ball with that when they're joining us on Behind the Blog. Tomorrow, we've also got Sens Chirp coming up. But with Derek Broussard, it's, it's pretty much similar and not saying they're the same magnitude of players although they both wore number 19 in Ottawa but where Jason Spezza went from like a very offensive player young in his career even towards the middle and then he realized like to stick in this league I love the game of hockey I want to play as long as I can I'm gonna have to become a more defensive minded player and I'm gonna have to add elements to my game that maybe takes away from my offensive numbers but then will allow me more success just to get more games that he said 49 games until a thousand is definitely on his radar as a goal this year. I think he makes this team. I think he gets a contract. I really, really do. And you look, it was tough last year, the way he described it. And again, it's not making excuses. It's just reporting facts that he suffered a a shoulder injury in the middle of last year. And he said he never really bounced back from it. You, you compound that. And this is me adding, he didn't say this, but you compound that with getting traded after you recovered from the injury. Like he didn't play from, uh, so from December 8th, he he missed a month, came back and played one game and got hurt and then missed another month. Yeah. So like he played one game from December 8th till February 9th. And then he missed another two weeks and then didn't play till the 26th, Pilsy. So it was kind of an off and on middle of the season for Derek Broussard, but he had started out so well before that injury. So I'm going to take you all the way up to December 8th, 11 points in 18 games, plus seven, averaging 13 and a half minutes on a pretty bad Flyers team. I guess they were still around 500 at that point, but I still think he, I still think Brass has a little gas in the tank. Now, I don't think he's going to be a guy who comes in here and, and, you know, blows the door down and gets power play time like he did in his first stint, but we're competing with Dylan Gambrell here. And I think that Broussard has a real chance to push him as the fourth line center on this team. Yeah, I think so too. And it'd be great to sign him uh, just because then you get two different flavors for your fourth line center, right? Yep. Like you get Gambrell strictly defense, younger Low event. Guy. Low event guy. Um, and then if, if you want to mix it up, you can throw Brass in there to pump up the offense a little, get a little more skill going there and some some veteran experience. So I think it would be a good yin and yang for that fourth line center. I, I think Casty could play fourth line center, but I don't think there's anything wrong with giving Casty another year in Belgium. So he could also learn a lot from Derek Broussard. Yeah. Definitely. So uh, I like. I think of the PTOs, Broussard has the inside track over Dal Cole for sure. Oh yeah. Well, those two were on and off together on a line yesterday at practice. There was that scrimmage as well. Apparently, it took one ship for uh, Giroux, Stutzla, and Debrinket to score a goal. Wow. <laughs> Wild. I get the little hiccups here. Trying to trying to mute the mic and get Uh-oh, those out I of the way. Battle here. through. Here we go. I got a battle. This is my flu game right now. Why don't we hit a quick break and we'll get back and show you the lines from yesterday and a couple interesting X's where guys were moving around and I've got a theory of a couple injured guys who are going to fill those not in the NHL but prospects that are worth noting. Stay tuned. All that coming up on Locked On Senators wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Pilsy, I'm back from the hiccups, and here we are discussing line combinations at Ottawa Senators practice. Just to get it out of the way, the goalies, 
are the same. I don't <laughs> think we have anything to discuss there, except we want to see Sogard and Mando take a step forward yep. in these preseason games from what we saw at the rookie tournament. I think Cal- Talbot will probably play about two preseason games, do you think? And maybe get Forsberg in three. How many preseason games are there? There's actually quite a few. I want to say yeah, there's seven? eight or nine. Wow. They're, they're playing a lot of preseason games this year. Why they're don't you tell me? Yeah. So two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight. They have That's four straight against Montreal if the Correct. They do, but two That's of crazy. them are oh. two of them are in Newfoundland or one's in Newfoundland, one's in uh New Brunswick. Right. That's awesome. I, I'm glad they're going to Newfoundland. That's sweet. Yeah. Well, you need Josh Norris in that lineup. I think for that, those last games, they're going to have pretty much the full team. Yeah. So th- that's going to be awesome for the people out there uh, on the rock that they're going to get to see the the full lineup there. And Ottawa and Montreal don't play in the regular season until December, I believe. I think it's like just before Christmas. So you know what? Let's get a couple f- like high event, like high intensity preseason games right before the uh, the regular season begins. So I think that's a great way to start the uh, the season out there. But yeah, how many games would you give Talbot out of the eight? Yeah, I'd say I'd say two. Yeah. Okay. For me, it'd be like kind of one in the middle, like whether it's the Winnipeg game or later on that weekend. Uh, next weekend, they play a back-to-back against Toronto and Montreal before going out, um, out east. And I'd probably give Forsberg two. And then the other guys, you know, a game and a half, game and a half. And then Fladell, if he wants to play a half a game, maybe give him a little bone. I don't know. Catches backwards. But other than that, he's, he's, he seems like a good dude. So uh, we'll get everyone in the mix there. But up front, I think that's where uh, it's really exciting to see how much depth and talent they have and how we're arguing about the fifth and sixth line right now instead of what we used to do, which is like, who the heck's playing on the second line? Can Chris Tierney be a second line center? That was one of our headlines, Ross, Legit. at the start of last season. Oh. The answer? No. <laughs> Here was how training camp lines were running through yesterday. Thanks to our friend Ian Mendez with The Athletic. Great article, of course, as always, from Ian and Stick Taps. He was the one who asked drake initially and was like setting the tone for the press conference uh yesterday and and just trying to get answers as we go on norris kachuk batherson all together top line stutzla to Giroux, pinto mott and joseph gambrell kelly and watson all right that's more or less what we expect opening night to look like now this is where it gets interesting brassard howerluck and dal cole is the fifth line and I kind of understand where they're going with this one just getting a few veterans where yep. if you need to plug and play a guy in the in the third or fourth line for a couple of games I think Howard looks probably your guy to come up from Belleville and a guy who you're not afraid to put on waivers you probably won't get claimed and you're like and maybe that's why you paid him a, a few extra bucks didn't he make like a one point something was he in the 1.1s or did he sign a, no no uh, I'll double check right now but I don't think he he got into the no no i got it right now no no you're right he got the buffalo special the 750k (laughs) one-way deal though so he's making that in the or no 170 in the minors all right i'm um, bamboozled there anyways not to say word of the day word of the day word of the day all right we're doing word of the day day this year bamboozled today uh (laughs) brassard howard luck and dow cole and then this is where it gets interesting and i'm gonna ask you to fill in the blanks on this because we've got castelic and soko Played together. Hopefully, uh, no bear fights in uh, in Zen's training camp. But then 
Crookshank and Boucher, who looked awesome at the uh, rookie tournament together, kind of playing off each other. A couple buzz saws out there. I have my theory of who's going to jo- jump in here. Who do you see fitting in with these two guys? Well, essentially, Ross, these are this is probably going to be the top six for Belleville if, if we're looking at the skeletons of uh, these two lines here. So with on the left wing with Kaslik and Sokolov, I think it's got to be Victor Lodine, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, that's where he fits in. Uh, he was electric when he came over with Be- uh, Belleville in the short time at the end of last season. They missed him due to an illness during the playoffs, which was really too bad. They could have used the extra firepower. Um, but yeah, I would say Lodine is that guy that's going to be lined up with Casti and Soko. Yeah, hopefully he's not out for too much longer. Suffered a concussion from that hit in the Montreal game. And, and we hope he's back sooner rather than later. And then for me... Oh, imagine this line in a preseason game. Ridley Gregg between Angus Crookshank and Tyler Boucher. Call it the LOSP special. Yeah. But man, those guys would have no problem forechecking. Yeah, exactly. That would be a, a real tough line to play against. And uh, I, I can't, it can't be stated enough how good Crooker looked in that rookie tournament, especially the game I was uh, had boots on the ground for in Buffalo. He was the star of the Sens team by far, which I mean, low bar when they got absolutely rocked like that. But still, he looked great out there. Yeah, he, he really did. Eh? I mean, yeah. when when you're expecting him and I, I know I tweeted out like, hey, hopefully he makes the team. I, I think he will start in, in Belleville and, and Troy Mann said as yeah. such, but he made such a good impression. And, and that's all you can do with these rookie tournaments. Whereas you said the skeleton of your top six. Tyler Boucher, I think we still think ends up in Ottawa with the 67s yeah. uh, this year. That's but, best for him. Oh, yeah. I but think. for preseason, like I need to see Ridley Gregg center these two guys. So <laughs> yeah. hopefully they're not out for too much longer. We uh, we believe, and Dorian said it, but I don't think we saw him yesterday. Maybe today we will. Um, that Ridley Gregg would be skating in a non-contact jersey at practice. So hopefully it means he's close, separated shoulder at the World Juniors, and we're excited to see him get back in the lineup. Anything else interest you here? We already spoke about Broussard. Like, I guess Dal Cole, to me, he's just kind of a preseason filler. You need a certain amount of vets in every game, but it's an opportunity for him too, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I I like Dal Cole. I would have liked him for last year's Ottawa Senators though. You (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, I don't think he finds a spot on this year's roster, but last year he would have been a guy that could fill in, but I don't really see it. If they decide to sign him and bring him, bring him to Belleville and if, if that's something that works out, I think that would be great. But over the PTOs, Broussard's got the inside track here. Yeah, certainly. All right, let's turn our attention to the defense. And these are the set pairs. Again, Ian Mendez, boots on the ground. Great to have him uh, covering this team on a daily basis. Shabbat Zub, Sanderson Hamannick. I'm officially a Hamannick guy. Holden Zaitsev, Brandstrom Bernard Docker, and then Hetherington and Thompson. They played a lot together in Belleville last year. Yep. What can you read into this as we overreact to day one line combos? It's tough to read into it. I, I think the the only thing that's interesting here is that Zaitsev is that sixth uh, defenseman and Branny, it looks like, is on the outside looking in just based on these lines. But these are just training camp lines. I think it's going to be more telling to see what they go with in the actual games, specifically in those games against Montreal, kind of the the back half of the preseason is when we're really going to get a better idea of who's going to fit where. So, but that's the most interesting part of these D lines is the, the, the Branny Zaitsev placements. 
Yeah, and I think even the Holden placements, because he said yesterday he has no problem playing the right side as well. Do you prefer having stylistically a longer reach, more defensive defenseman on the right side or that offensive puck moving guy? Well, Holden's on the left here because he's paired with a right shot defenseman. Right. right? Um, But I I get what you're saying. Uh, To answer your question, I'm with DJ Smith. Like, I I don't like having defensemen on their offside if you can avoid it. Obviously, I think that's the most ideal situation. But if you are going to put someone on their offside – a, make it a guy who's not going to be carrying the puck as much up, up the ice and not going to be playing with the puck uh, in the O-zone as much, so hold in. And B, make it a veteran guy who already has NHL experience doing that and is comfortable doing that, and that's hold in as well. I know Brandstrom has played the right side. He's made it publicly known that he, he likes to play the right side. It's not an issue for him, but... I think it's better if he's on the left and Holden's on the right if they are indeed the the pair that ends up happening. Are you confident in this group? Ah. <laughs> I was about to say just a quick no right away, but it all depends on Sanderson. Like if Sanderson can be a top four guy, I think they can ride with this group. Am I confident in them? No, still still not. I think there there's one more piece that needs to happen if they're going to be successful in the playoffs. So uh, I'll I'll go with no. I'm not quite confident in this team, but I think they can outscore a lot of their problems with that top six. And even I've highlighted the bottom six it is a very, very formidable bottom six. And then the goaltending, having two stable veterans night in and night out is really going to solve or uh, like mop up a lot of the problems that Matt Murray and Philip Gustafson were not able to be stable in. As an official Travis Hamnick fan club member, I think if the right side can get some support from those two guys at the bottom, the Bernard Docker and, and Thompson's, I think they might be all right. Of course, to be a real contender, they're going to have to add, but I think they can like, I think they can still battle for a playoff spot and be in the race later on in the season. And then maybe like, like this probably music to your ears. Then you look at the trade deadline, what kind of def- defensemen are available. But like if you slide Zaitsev out of that and if Bernard Docker or Lassie Thompson and you're betting on two first round picks. So you, you hope eventually they can step in and be everyday NHLers and impactful ones at that. I think you're, you're not, it's not brutal. It's definitely not as bad as the defense we've seen here over the last no, few years. That, that's the thing. It is better. I, I just think Bernard Docker and Thompson right now, if they play in the NHL, they're not going to be difference makers. Like right. I think the key to success here and I'm not an anti-Hamannick guy, but I think if Hamannick was on the third pair instead of being a top four defenseman, that, then you've got a, a, a good decor here. Like that, Then everything is where it should be, really. And again, it all hinges on how quickly Sanderson can transition to a top four D in the NHL, which is not easy. No, not easy at all. But dude, look at that left side. Like the next few years, like Shabbat Sanderson, just having two pillars there on the same side. I think that's just awesome. You look, oh, yeah. I mean, we always go back to the team that dummied Ottawa in the Stanley Cup final, the Anaheim Ducks. Like their left side was Niedermeyer and Pronger. And you're just like, one of them's on the ice at all times with yeah. Francois Beauchemin in his prime too. And you're like, okay, you have these three guys and, and Zub can be in the mix there for Ottawa, hopefully if he signs a long-term extension. And it's like, everyone else just rotates in whenever they can. It yeah. doesn't matter. You have such power in those top guys. So hopefully Sanderson and, and Shabbat uh, can grow into 
Uh, not that Shabbat already hasn't, but hopefully Sanderson can grow in and make that a one-two punch that can that can ride with the best combos in the National Hockey League. Because, I mean, in the division, the first one that comes to mind was Hedman and McDonough on the left side. Now McDonough's gone to Nashville. So um, not saying it opens up a whole lot because there's still a, a light years ahead, a few lightning strikes ahead of uh, the Ottawa Senators in uh, where their their franchise is at. And we're going to chat with Adam Denker uh, yep. from Locked On Lightning coming up in a couple weekends. Stay tuned for the weekend um, specials. Again, like I said, behind the blog wraps up this weekend. And then we're going right in to the division previews. we got the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast and the Locked On Red Wings boys coming on, not this weekend, but next. And then the Florida Panthers, the Lightning, we, the entire division will be joining us right here on Locked On Senators. Any final thoughts heading into the weekend, Pills? Um, we got to see Matt Murray's new equipment with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Next. Yawn. Still still boring and, and uh, like the Leafs fans are hyping it up I mean you're, you're gonna wow do you see how much whiter on his pads Sick. I know yeah like just he's even got his name embroidered on it yeah I, his style is just it's, it's not for me it's not for me so no. we, we've wrapped up the last couple shows talking about goalie equipment so I just wanted to to highlight that uh look good play good that's still something I believe in I wouldn't say Matt Murray's looking looking too good with the well, with the new equipment, and I mean hard to hard to look hard good to look good in that light. color. Yeah, exactly. So uh, hard to look good in yellow as well. The non-contact jersey. My final thought, and just scrolling through Twitter here, Ridley Greg was on the ice yesterday and is on the ice today wearing that ugly yellow practice jersey. That means don't hit me, but I'm Ridley Greg. I'll probably still hit you. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. Have a great weekend, everyone. Again, please subscribe to the Locked On Senators YouTube channel. It helps us out quite a bit. And be a friend, tell a friend, do the same. Giveaway coming once we hit 4,000 subscribers. And thanks for all the feedback uh, on yesterday's show. It really did uh, mean a lot to us. And we appreciate the community here. And we want to be a big part in building that forward and in a positive light. So for Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. Have a great weekend, everyone. And we'll chat again tomorrow with Behind the Blog. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day.